Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, we're going to finish Daniel chapter 9 today, second half. Daniel chapter 9, reading from verse 20 to the end of the chapter. The 77s It's all going to be revealed, we hope. While I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and making my request to the Lord, my God, for his holy hill, while I was still in prayer, Gabriel, the man I had seen in the earlier vision, came to me in swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice. He instructed me and said to me, Daniel, I have now come to give you insight and understanding. As soon as you began to pray, an answer was given, which I have come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed. Therefore, consider the message and understand the vision. Seventy-sevens are decreed for your people and your holy city to finish transgression, to put an end to sin, to atone for wickedness, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Know and understand this, from the issuing of the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the anointed one, the ruler, comes, there will be seven sevens and 62 sevens. It will be rebuilt with streets and a trench, but in times of trouble. After the 62 sevens, the anointed one will be cut off and will have nothing. The people of the ruler who will come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end will come like a flood. War will continue until the end and desolations have been decreed. He will confirm a covenant with many for one seven. In the middle of the seven, he will put an end to sacrifice and offering And on a wing of the temple, he will set up an abomination that causes desolation until the end that is decreed is poured out on him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and it's true. Some of these prophecies have already taken place, some yet to happen. And uh, it needs spiritual discernment to understand the message that we're about to hear. We ask for that discernment. We ask for wisdom. We ask for guidance. We ask for concentration, that nothing will distract us from understanding what Gabriel passed on to Daniel that has now been passed on to us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. So last week, we looked at Daniel. He was praying, and he was confessing his own sins. He wasn't perfect, just like the rest of us are not perfect. He need, he's a sinner. I mean, he's in his 90s by now, but he's still having to confess his sins. Not only his own sins, he's also confessing the sins for his nation, Israel, because we know that they turned away from the Lord. They worshipped idols, committed spiritual adultery, didn't put the Lord first, and they suffered the consequence. They went into exile in Babylon, Yes for 70 literal years. Now, sometimes the Bible talks literally about years. Sometimes 
It's symbolic, but also literal. We'll get to that in a minute. If you've got a pen, it's going to help you because you're not going to remember it all unless you're a genius and got a perfect memory, which I don't. But I've spent I don't know how many hours on this, and it can be very confusing when you read it initially. We've given you a handout to explain some of what's been said in this chapter. You can look at that later if you want, or even during the message. It's up to you. It talks about the 70 weeks, 70 weeks. Now, most Bible scholars agree that a seven here means not weeks, but a seven literally means seven years, seven years, not weeks. Therefore, 70 plus seven is what? 490 years, 490 years. Remember, a seven is seven years, not seven weeks. What is the purpose of the 70 weeks? Gabriel, in this 70 weeks prophecy, states God's reasons in bringing these events to pass, these future events, some of which have already happened. Why? For what purpose? Tells us, verse 24, to finish transgression, to put an end to sin, to atone for wickedness, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. The prophecy of the 70th week summarizes what happened before Jesus established his reign, or will establish his reign, of righteousness on the earth yet to happen. In other words, one day when he comes, there'll be a total eradication of sin. He'll rule and reign in righteousness for a thousand years. That's yet to happen. Third in the list here of what will take place is to atone for wickedness. Only Jesus accomplished the atonement for sin by his death on the cross. Romans chapter 3.25, God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness. This 70-week prophecy, some of which has already happened, actually 69 weeks or 69 years, has been divided into different time periods. The final 70th week, which is yet to happen. Let me read this. No one understand this. From the time the word goes out to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the anointed one, the ruler, comes, there will be seven sevens and 62 sevens. It will be rebuilt with streets and a trench, but in times of trouble. So from the time the decree was given for the Jews to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild Jerusalem and the temple... It says seven sevens. Seven sevens are what? 49. Talking about years. So it took 49 years to restore Jerusalem and rebuild the temple when they went back from when the decree was issued. Are you with me so far? It can be very confusing. Believe me. I know from personal experience this last week. And then he talks about another. We've got the, the seven sevens and then he plus 62 sevens. Talking about years. So 62 divided by 7 works out to be 434 years. 
That's when the decree was given for them, the Jews, to go back to rebuild Jerusalem till the time that Jesus came the first time. Are you with me so far? The first advent of Jesus, it says that, from the time the word goes out to restore and rebuild Jerusalem, that took 49 years, until the anointed one, who's that? Jesus. Until the anointed one, the ruler comes. All right? So hold that thought, and there's going to be a lot to hold, because it can be confusing, I know. So after those years were completed, Jesus, 434 years from the time that the Jews went back to Jesus being born, and then the anointed one, Jesus, was killed. The anointed one, Jesus, was killed. After the 62 sevens, the anointed one will be put to death and we'll have nothing. So we know that Jesus died on the cross. 483 years after the Jews returned to Israel to restore and rebuild Jerusalem and the temple. So this event, along with Jesus dying, being buried, rising from the dead, and ascending into heaven, it appears to mark the end of the 69th week. We're talking about the 70 weeks. So the 69 weeks, years, which is 483, is past. There's another week to come, the 70th week, yet to happen. 69 is already past. And then it says in 926, the people of the ruler who will come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. Now we know for a fact this has already taken place in AD 70. When the Romans, after insurrections going on in Jerusalem and Israel, they came and they utterly destroyed Jerusalem. It was a total bloodbath. And this happened because it's decreed here hundreds and hundreds of years before it happened. The people of the ruler who will come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. The people referred here is the Romans. They're the ones that came and destroyed the city, yes? We know historically that these events, three of them at least, have already happened. The decree was given to go back to rebuild Jerusalem and the temple. They did that. It took them 49 years. We know Jesus was born, and we know that he died, was buried, and rose again from the dead and ascended to heaven. These events have already taken place. These prophecies have already taken place. But there's one more seventh talking about the 70th week. 69 have already passed. They've already taken place. There's one more to come. Yet to take place, the 70th week, or seven years. It's not a week, it's seven years. One week is seven years. Referred to, this 70th week is referred to as the tribulation period. How long does it last for? Seven years. The end will come like a flood. War will continue until the end, and desolations have been decreed. At the beginning of the tribulation period, beginning of the seven years yet to take place, the Antichrist will rule and reign on the earth. It says the people of the ruler, in this case the ruler is not a measurement about a foot, no. This is the leader in charge of a one-world government, the false messiah that people will worship, except those that are 
saved during the tribulation period. The people of the ruler who will come. The people here is referring to the Romans. So these verses predict that the Antichrist will have some connection with Rome. Some connection with Rome. All right? Could this mean that he's, Ital he's going to be an Italian? Could this mean that he will be a pope? Now, many believed that back in the 19th century. Many Bible scholars and divines. Could it mean he'd be a pope? We don't know. Might be. Could it mean that he will be part and of a revised, which we've talked about in this book, a revised Roman Empire? The latter seems more likely, okay? It seems more likely, but I don't want to be specific because we don't really know. But he's got to have some connection to Rome. Interesting. Now, what to expect in this 70th week? 69 has already passed. We're living in the gap now. We're living in the church age. Between the 69th week that's already passed and the future 70th week, seven years, tribulation period, which is to take place. We're living in the gap, the church age. How long has it been since Jesus died, buried, rose again? How long has it been? At least 2,000 years, right? 2,000 years, give or take a few days or so. We're living in the gap. We're waiting for the Lord's return. And one day... There will be tribulation period that comes on this earth. What to expect? Whenever the Antichrist comes, we know from Scripture that he will head up a one-world government. There's going to be a one-world government, and there's going to be a one-world religious leader. And those that refuse to worship the Antichrist will be persecuted and put to death. You can read all about that in Revelation chapter 13. Now, Gabriel shows Daniel, he said that, that wars will take place. The Antichrist will come and make a covenant with the Jewish people at the beginning of the tribulation period. But then he's going to turn on them halfway through, three and a half years. All right? The Antichrist, known as the abomination of desolation, Daniel says, will put an end to sacrifices. Where do they have those? In the temple. He's going to put an end to sacrifices and he's going to put an end to offerings in the Jewish temple. That's what he does because he, he hates the Jews and he hates God. And he's going to turn on the Jews. And he's going to try to change laws and times to prevent these prophecies from being fulfilled. He will try to take the place of God. He demands to be worshipped. And he's going to persecute the saints severely. During the tribulation, the seven-year tribulation, these are believers that come to know Jesus as Savior during the tribulation period. Tribulation saints. They're not going to worship the Antichrist, the beast. They're, not, they're going to have a, the mark of the beast. If they don't have the mark of the beast on them, they're going to be persecuted. Some of them are going to be beheaded for their faith in Jesus because they will not worship the Antichrist. That, that's not us. We're, we're not going to be the tribulation saints because we're already saved. We're going to be taken out before the tribulation period comes. Okay, so aren't you glad about that? So why does these 70 weeks, this prophecy, even matter? We know from history, and this really pertains more to Israel than it does to the church, okay? We know from history that the people of Israel had, had endured great deal of suffering due to their rebellion against God. So back in Babylon, 
Daniel and his fellow Jews in exile needed something to hope for, right? They, a lot of them lost a lot of hope. But Daniel knew that that 70 years exile was soon to come to an end. They needed to know if God still loved them and would keep his covenant promises. God has made covenant promises to Israel through Abraham. He promised to return the people of Israel to the land of Israel. That's happened, amen? That's happened. And he's also promised, and they anticipate the coming return of the Messiah. They missed it the first time, all right? They missed it. They put him to death. They knew from the prophet Jeremiah that at the end of the Jews' literal 70 years in captivity, that they would return to their homeland. And they looked to God to bring in that everlasting righteousness when the Messiah would come. And not until Jesus comes back will there be everlasting righteousness and peace on earth. It's not going to happen until he rules and reigns with a rod of iron. Now, future events do matter, especially for unbelievers, people that are not saved, because they're going to be left behind and go through the worst period in human history, the tribulation. But for Christians, when the seven-year tribulation does come, and it's sooner than you think, we don't have to worry, because we're going to be taken out before that happens to meet the Lord in the air. How do you, what, what makes you say that? Well, I just know what the Bible says. Brothers and sisters, see? A lot of prophets in the New Testament, they've got more understanding than the ones in the Old. These mysteries have been revealed. And this is what's going to happen. I'll read the whole thing. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. They're the unbelievers. They have no hope outside of Jesus. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have died in him. According to the Lord's word, word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have already died. This is about the rapture or the resurrection. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. That's when they'll get, be resurrected. They'll get a resurrected body. Those that have already died, passed away. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. So that's commonly known as the rapture. It's just another word for resurrection. We're going to meet the Lord in the air. He's not coming back physically to earth until after the tribulation period when he sets up his 1,000 millennium reign on earth, literally. We're going to meet him in the air. So you've got to be ready. You've got to be ready. So after the final 70th week or seven-year tribulation period, once that's over, the church and the church is made up of born-again believers, they're going to return with Jesus to rule and reign with him, and he's going to set up his kingdom on earth at the end of those, that tribulation period, which lasts for seven years. 
When will this happen? We don't know. We don't know. But we do know that we're living in the gap now. We're living in the church age, and we could be taken out at any moment. We're living between the 69th week and the final 70th week, from the time that Jesus went back to heaven until he returns for his church, where we'll meet him in the air. So you add up the 69th week and the 70th week, it's 490, right? Not literal years. One week is seven years. You've got to remember that. Nobody knows when the Lord will come back, but we need to be ready for it. We should prepare ourselves for the return of Christ at any moment, any moment he can come back. We will hear that trumpet call, and then we're going to be gone. We're going to meet him in the clouds. We're going to meet him in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. We'll receive our resurrected body, our resurrection body, just like Jesus received his resurrection body after he died and was buried. So we should see the urgency to share the good news with those that are lost, for those who do not know Jesus, for those who are not part of the church, for those that will suffer and go through the worst period of human history, the tribulation. They will go through the tribulation, and maybe they will be saved, or maybe they won't. But the gospel is still going to be preached during that tribulation period for seven years. God's going to raise up 144,000, not Jehovah's Witnesses, He's going to raise up 144,000 Jewish Christians and they're going to preach to every tribe, every tongue, and every nation to give everyone the opportunity to hear the gospel and be saved. And there's still going to be people that refuse to accept Jesus as personal savior. And the ones that are saved during the tribulation period, they'll be known as tribulation saints and they're going to suffer persecution because they will not worship the beast. The beast, the Antichrist, they do not have the mark of the beast on their hands and on their forehead. They won't be able to buy and sell. You read all about this in the book of Revelation. It ties right up with the book of Daniel. Simple, isn't it? Yeah. They need people that are unsaved. They need Jesus. They need to be safe. They need to be saved for heaven. So they don't have to go through that seven-year tribulation period, which will surely come to pass it's going to happen and it's getting closer by the second we need to be ready this is what jesus said and i'll close with this mark 13 32 33 but about that hour about that day or hour no one knows not even the angels in heaven nor the son but only the father be on guard be alert you do not know when that time will come. So we've got to be ready. We've got to be alert. We've got to keep our looking up for our redemption draws near. All right. Now it's been a tough one, but you can sympathize with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it's all true. It's been predicted and prophesied. Some things that have already taken place. Some things are yet to be, but it's all in the book. It's all been written down so we can be aware of what's going to happen in future events. So we live in an exciting time. We're living in the age of grace where the church should be about your business, spreading the good news that Jesus saves to the lost because surely the wrath of God 
will be poured out on this earth sooner than we think. Thank God that because we've received Jesus as our personal savior, we don't have to go through the tribulation, that we will, according to your word, meet you in the air when we hear that trumpet call. And help us to be ready, help us to be alert, that help us to have the courage to share our faith with those that are lost. Amen. Amen. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m. We are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.